Hello football fans and welcome to the Near Post. We're talking talking football across the Australian Community Broadcasting Network. I'm Aaron Walker and with me in the studio is Nick Cumston. How are you, Nick? Good, thanks, Aaron. And also Paddy Boyer. Paddy, how you doing? Good, good. I'm glad to be back. I've been away for a few weeks. That's and true. I'm sure all of our Near Post fans will have missed me. Oh, flooded with mm. complaints yeah. we were. <laughs> I think my mum emailed me in the week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coming up in the next half hour, we've got all the news, we've got the Matildas, we've got the Kill Saga, we've got it all. And uh, if you have any inquiries you'd simply like to test our knowledge on football, you can do so on our email, which is flanagan.amen at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can catch the podcast on www.nearpost.blogspot.com. And we're on iTunes and halftimesheroes.com.au as well. And as always, we have a show dedication, and this week's dedication has been quite hard-earned. It goes out to Matilda's coach and former Canberra Cosmos coach, mm. Tom Samani. Mm. Yeah. You done Hi, good, Tom. Uh, Tom. Uh, young team, and uh, they played really well, I thought. Very young team. Mm. Very yeah, captured the Australian too. public imagination, I reckon. And Fozzie didn't get stuck into him too much. So, you know, mm. that's... Good the, outcome. <laughs> all, all the uh, key indicators have been ticked. And as always, we'll have a bit of a quiz for the listeners to nut out. And uh, this week's question is, who is Australia's all-time leading goal scorer in World Cups? That's senior World Cups, people, wow. men's or women's. Who okay. is our leading goal scorer? Patty, over to you. All right, leading goal scorer. Well, the obvious one that comes to mind is Tim Cahill, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. Certainly our first men's goal scorer. Right, yeah. Oh, we're talking women. All right. Because uh, initially I would have gone with uh, Tim Cahill. Gary Ock's mm. been around a while. I yeah. think she's the leading goal scorer for the Matildas. Right, okay. Of, of the current players she is, yeah. Yeah. How about uh, somebody who performed reasonably well in this tournament um, and one of the older players in the team, Lisa Devanna? I know she clocked up a few in the last World Cup. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I'd go yeah. Lisa Devanna. Nick, you wrote the question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lisa Devanna it is. Lisa hey. Devanna it is. Nice. But I reckon Kaya Simon uh, is going to take that record one well day. Do. She had two in this one. She's 20 years old. Big future ahead of her, yeah. I think. Big I future. saw a uh, ESPN doco on uh, women footballers or, or elite women footballers, sort of world-class women footballers around the world, and Lisa Devano was there. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's so, an interesting character. Does she, she still is. work at the service station in Perth? Yeah. I, know, I know she did during the last World Cup. Yeah, like yeah. there's that's a, a lot of the story was about that, about how she, you know, was was struggling, this elite athlete struggling, and and her Portuguese background. I didn't know much about her background. Okay. But, uh, yeah. No, I didn't catch that. Would have been yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's was, a really was, interesting. Was tied in in amongst a lot interesting of other players. Interesting player, Lisa Just yes. really plays to her own tune. She's just yep. got funny body language. Yeah, and she's. I think fiery is applicable. Fiery is a good word for it. Suspended from the squad before the World Cup for uh, some kind of disciplinary uh, uh, reasons, which never really came to light. That's right. Um, And maybe used as a motivational tool by by Tom, but... um, uh, that's not the uh, the first and dare I say the last time she's had issues really? with uh, uh, her coach and the team. Right. So. I think almost every goal 
she's scored her, in the in the World Cup has been as a substitute. Yeah, like, she's a really unique player. Well, well she got the super sub uh, nickname last last World Cup yeah. or reputation, yeah. didn't she? Anyway, yeah. we might push on with the news, guys. And uh, first and foremost, we've got Mila Yednak, the Socceroo, has signed for English Championship club Crystal Palace, subject to a work per- permit after ex Sydney FC star and Socceroo Tony Popovich alerted his bosses to his talent. He's put pen to paper for a three-year contract and will link up with the squad. Uh, where Popovich is now based, guys, uh, decent decent move for him there. Yeah, um, and a nice Australian connection. I quite like it. Yeah. I think Crystal Palace is a pretty decent team, though. It and, is. And uh, it's a good one to a nice traditional to team, s- establish good, himself in. Good uh, supporters there at Sel- Selhurst Park, mm. and uh, good mm. to see some Australians coming through the coaching ranks overseas as well, which is something yeah. we don't have enough of. Absolutely. I like the phrase "water finds its own level," and I think <laughs> Milay Yednik. At the championship level, that's about right. You think he's going to uh, going to settle in there? I think he'll settle in there. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for Palace, and I've got a few friends who are big Palace supporters. I think that they are praying for that uh, premiership step up. He's got the knack for the occasional outbursts of violence and the odd headed <laughs> goal. I think he'll fit right. well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's championship player. Okay, moving on. And Paddy Kiznorbo, who's all is another soccer who has mm. skewed his future, and he's staying at Leeds after signing a new two year contract at Ellen Road. They're in the championship as well, and the 30 year Australian has uh, come, just came out of contract Ellen Road recently after missing the f- final 10 minutes of the. Uh, 2010-2011 season. So what I mean by that is he played every other minute of the campaign, which is uh, hell of a hell yeah, of effort. Yeah, I, I think talking about water finding its own level, I think Kiznorbo is a good fit mm. for Leeds and... Um I, I was a little bit. I got to say, a little bit disappointed when I heard that he was he was looking for other clubs. Mm. But then you realise it's all part of the game and trying to you know renegotiate a contract and and maybe mm. uh, show that he's in a bit of demand. I think uh, Leeds is is a good team for him. He, uh, he plays well there. He's valued there. It's it's got mm. a decent supporter base, and they they could well be pushing up in the next couple of years, at least yeah. to another division. He's a good break in case of emergency soccer for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, sadly. And after one week of selling memberships, the Newcastle Jets have clocked up 3,865 paid-up members. And I know they put in a huge effort to reduce prices and really get the community behind the club yep. there. Nathan Tinkler's efforts really are going a long way. Yeah, I think uh, Newcastle are a, certainly administratively, <laughs> and I'm aware not everybody uh, watches the administration of teams, but administratively a really interesting team to watch this season. They're going to be trying some really new things. They're getting their membership up. It's... Uh, could be a good season for Newcastle. Just and on, yeah. uh, and it's not just on the field where the money's going. They're the first A-League club to appoint a full-time football scout whose job is just to go out into the Australian amateur leagues and have a look overseas at different players for Newcastle. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah absolutely. I reckon that's a money value for money investment. Why, yeah. why splash out money on expensive failed imports? Like if you look at you know, what some of the, say, Brazilian uh, strikers who've come into the league, big money haven't delivered all that much. They've, they've cost a million dollars, some of them. Yeah. How much a decent scout would return in unearthing uh, talent from the state leagues? It depends if he's good or not. Depends mm. if he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, assuming that you, you employ somebody who's good at their job. Uh, I think it is a good investment. Mm. And I think that's the way the Australian the A-League really needs to go. We need to be bringing young players. What's the A-League mm. is based for that. Yep, um, go Newcastle. Anyway, moving on, Celtic have made amends for their 1-0 loss last week to the Central Coast Mariners with a convincing 2-0 triumph over a new-look Perth Glory out Mm. in the West there. Now, the Perth Mm. Glory guys, what are they doing? What is Tony Sage doing? He's got rid of Mitchell and he's brought in Ferguson. Now, 
Yeah. I'm not a big I fan know. of Ferguson. I know. And mm. he spent, I, I, I don't want to go on too much about this, but he spent so much on he new has. players. He, he doesn't appear to have a long-term strategy because he's got a lot of age mm. issues in the squad. And he's not getting a coach that suits the players. No. This is a coach who, and it's my view that when you hire a coach, you look at their previous records, you look at Ferguson's previous record, he is not an outstanding coach. Mm. If you're going to be investing this much money in a squad that is surely set up to win the the flag this season or next, and that's pretty much the, all they've got in terms of their lifespan, you'd want to have top-notch coach in there. Do we think the uh, Joey's uh, striker is going to get off the bench? Is it Jesse yeah. Macarena? Uh, yeah, Macarena's... Um, mm-hmm. I think if I was uh, Jesse's agent, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be selling those uh, those videos all over the world because I, you know, he's a real talent, and I don't know that Perth is the right mm. place for him. He, he can step into a uh, a youth team of a of a European team, I think. Now, just just for a quick moment, do I, either of you done any economics at all? A tiny bit, <laughs> nah, a, tiny a tiny bit. bit. So there's a concept in economics uh, called transitive preferences, and what that means. Keep talking. If you like chocolate more than jelly beans and licorice more than chocolate it means you like licorice more than jelly beans that that's that the principle yep. applies so if central coast beat celtic <laughs> <laughs> yeah and celtic <coughs> beat the perth glory mm. that means celtic are a mid-level a league <laughs> we can run with that <laughs> Just, is Eamon here you, i'm pretty Eamon. sure Eamon, yeah, pretty sure Eamon's, uh he is a burning right now. And uh, keeping on Celtic, uh, they're due to face Melbourne victory this week and their captain, or standing captain, Georgia Samaras, the Greek player, is set to turn his back on his Greek heritage and says he may end up playing in the A-League. Now, how much of that is to do with the fact that in Greece they could not pay him right yeah. now? <laughs> There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of also touring and, and wanting to say positive things about the A-League in as, Australia. As someone whose parents used to live across the road from the South, Bob Jane Stadium where South Melbourne played, yeah. where the ground announcements were done in Greek, and Australian, I think he would be a pretty big hit for either of the Melbourne teams. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a, that's something that should happen. Yeah, I reckon he's pushed his value up a little bit in Australia. People are looking at him. And uh, victory coach Mehmet Djurakovic has punished Wantelay Carlos Hernandez by leaving the star playmaker out of the squad for the Celtic match, and that was for the uh, play going over to on trials yeah. in the MLS mm. where he uh, wasn't given permission to do so. Yeah, there's some big issues for Hernandez. Yeah. It's not good because he is... He's a good import, a mm. uh, very good player, and he's been in Melbourne for a long time. Yeah, he's burned some bridges. Adrian Lay has come out today and said that it was disrespectful. And wow. so would you now be thinking about the player's uh, headspace where he wanted to get away from the club, he went for trials, didn't work out, now he's got to settle for playing for Melbourne? Yeah, Victoria? absolutely. I think it's a big step and it's a How big step. How much motivation is really there? Yeah. Mm. Um, if we could see big. Hernandez being sold. I'd be very sad about mm. that. Big test for a new coach. Yeah, 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 as well. Mm. Uh, I think so. And uh, Mexico have won the FIFA Under-17s World Cup thanks to a 2-0 win over Uruguay in front of a crowd of nearly 100,000 people at the Estadio Azteca. Huge crowd there. Mexico. For an Under-17s game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, my question is, is it that uh, Mexico is having a golden generation or was it just the fact that it was in Mexico and the crowd essentially carried these, mm. uh, these players through? Well, maybe under-17s under can have a few fluky results. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there might be some future for Mexico. They're, actually, they they are in a uh, they're, they're in a good division in terms mm. of uh, World Cup qualification and soft. Uh, yeah, soft. I, all right, let's go and, with soft. Until we move to Asia, I just used to look at them and think, bloody hell! Wish we were there. Why can't we qualify through <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, we could con- so beat con- Canada con- and Jamaica, yeah. couldn't we? 
There's a quite famous uh, under-17s game where Australia played Portugal and uh, we matched it with them. I think this was in 1991. And if you have a look at the player progress after that, they developed the likes of João Pinto, Roy Costa, <laughs> players like this. And we yeah, ended yeah, up yeah. Having, developing players like I think Kevin Musket was in yeah. there and a couple of players that played their, played their level in the NSL. Anyway, so I'm gonna, so I'm we gonna, won the fights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, maybe that was the, the, the strength tactically. I'm, I'm going to tack one more news item into that and that's <laughs> that uh, Matthew Leckie has scored twice for Russia Mucci and Glad back in a friendly against Aberdeen. Good signs. I might there. correct you there. I think you'll find it's the near post Matthew Leckie is his proper mm. name. Ah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We're big fans. Um, go Matthew Leckie. Yeah. I know. But there's a certain symmetry to the near posts uh, Matthew Leckie moving to Germany while uh, our other object of affection, Daria Vidicic, has come back to play for Adelaide. Yeah, so Vidicic come back to Adelaide. I think that's, uh, that's quite a major story. Mm. Uh, it's good for Adelaide, great for the A-League. Yep. How good is it for Vitisic? Ah, well, he'll get to play regularly. Mm. Yeah, yeah Fingers good. crossed. Um, that's something, and I think maybe that was a factor in, and maybe he is putting himself in the, in the shop window once more. Okay. And I'm, I'm okay with that mm. if that's the case. You know, young players coming back to play. But I see your point. It could be a bit limiting. Is this the end of his international career, as in playing It'll overseas? It would be good for those uh, when we have to play in Asia on a non-FIFA day yep. that have to send an Australian squad. He'll be a key member of that. Yeah, of and he's, he's young mm. uh, and he's a very good player and he beats the, uh, the old head sort of having another mm. one. It's a good recovery after losing Marcus Flores. That was yeah. a big loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. And we might get into the discussions, guys. And we touched on it earlier, but, but the uh, big one is Matilda's out of the World Cup. Uh, an unfortunate loss, 3-1 to, uh, to Sweden. And, that was uh, tough. Did... Played some nice stuff. My heart mm. broke with that defence, though. Played some nice oh. stuff. Oh, yeah, they did play. In the middle of the park, it was uh, it was some quite uh, nice passing. I thought we held the ball well. We passed it well. We set up attacks yeah. well. Quick and quick and attack. Yeah, we, we looked really good in the middle yeah. of the park. Maybe even in the attacking third, but we looked defenders, okay. And it wasn't just the game against Sweden. The yeah, defenders all tournament. I know. I mean, I think oh. within 60 seconds, there was a moment where it went between the two centre-backs, and they both left it for each other while the striker yeah. ran through the middle. Yeah. Oh. The, the very last second, one of the girls thought, oh, geez, I better get to this. And it has an air swing. We're trying to kick it back to Barbieri yeah. for a little back pass. That and, uh, third goal. It really set the scene for the defence over the course of the game. third goal was so bad just because we'd seen, I think, at least two, if not three goals like it before. It yeah, that's crushing. right. Lessons weren't being learned. And it just, yeah, it, it was very sad because we we were still in it. Like, we were two goals down and then we got one. And, you know, Australia still had a chance in this game. Oh, absolutely. That, and, that goal was astonishing. I'll, I'll recreate... The noise I made when Elvis <laughs> Perry shot went in. It was sort of weird. <laughs> yeah, that was I good. Almost went through puberty backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice move on the on the left foot, and then hammered it in, and it went pretty straight. It was incredible. And it, people have asked whether it's the best goal that has been scored yeah. at the World Cup. Oh, really? Time. In the yeah. corner where the spiders lived, it always mm-hmm. looked pretty good. And, uh, yeah, but uh, does it make up for the second goal where she was uh, pretty culpable for that? The cross came Ooh. across. I thought she could have got something on the cross. Yep. Then she ran over there and got beaten all ends up. Yeah. There was two or three opportunities mm. she had just to get the ball. And I, when you're out there, I tell my guys as a coach, I shouldn't be admitting this, just take the person out. It's better to have a free kick out there. <laughs> Seriously, and or at least, at least putting than, yourself in their face. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, absolutely. It was unusual to see an Australian team where we were the victims of other teams <laughs> hacking us. Yeah, the, yeah, what's the going on? The hacky rather than the hacker. Does someone, Tom Smarty even know that that was happening? He really needs to get on it. We, we, are, the, we, are, the, <laughs> we are the aggressors. We, we're the ones who make the fouls. 
And uh, very young squad, guys. Usually mm. young squad. Uh, right back, uh, Ford. Is that, how, is that how you pronounce it? Caitlin Ford, Caitlin Ford yeah. Ford, uh, yeah. 16 years old, a couple yep. of 17 year olds. Emily Van Egmond uh, mm. and a couple of others as well. So bright stuff for the future of them. Half the team, 20 years uh, age of under. Now, they're talk- I heard Craig Foster talking about a potential World Cup victory in four years' time. Is that just crazy talk? or a- In Canada, uh, mm. 2015. Yeah, I think it's... Oh, look, they, mm, if this li- team stays together... It's a little bit together, crazy fuzzy for me. Uh, look, if this team stays together, then mm. there's a possibility of that. But unfortunately, you know, uh, women's football is not like men's football. These guys can't necessarily dedicate their career now to football. They're not going to find high-paying mm. uh, footballing jobs that allow them to stay focused to their sport. Mm. So, yeah, and, w and we look doesn't at hurt. Lisa Devan is a good example, you know, working mm. at the at the Servo, you know, and he's one of the, the greatest uh, women footballers mm. in, the, in the world. Mm. So it is difficult to keep that team together mm. a bit, and I think that's where the struggle will be. Although their next competition, their next major one, is qualifying for, uh, London. for London. London. Yep. Mm. Now they've got a six-team qualification or a six-game qualification where they play um, and it's the top two teams that qualify mm. and I'll give you the teams that they're playing against. North Korea, South Korea, Thailand, Japan and China. And I'll tell you what, Jap- the Japanese uh, women's squad is... yeah. Really good, yeah. and North Korea war is really powerful. And I'll tell you why because they're full time. They play in the army. Yep. Mm. They're yeah, some of the, they're some of the only yeah. full time. Yeah, we played them in, in the, the final world. of the Asian, Asian Cup, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, and China are a traditional. So that's going to be a really, well. really tough yeah. group there. A really tough. group. Absolutely, I think mm. Tom Zamani's talked a bit about how even just this World Cup uh, mm. was actually a good preparation for those guys going into such a tough tournament. And I think that it's is, over eleven days or something. That is tough. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Seems like they're. It's really tough to make the Olympics, weren't mm. they saying on the commentary that with the results from the World Cup that Germany will miss out? I'll forgive the... my ignorance, but how many teams play in the Olympics? Ah, yes, I, I don't know. know the answer to that question. I've seen women's football at the Olympics. And I yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, let's try and find out. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's not a given that Australia are going to make mm. the Olympics, although it would be a great thing. But I think if we can keep the team together, we'll be well mm. set up for Canada in 2015. And so, guys, what's the opinion on uh, the W League helping the standard of women's football? Do we think there's a noticeable difference yet? Or? Uh, it's, it's difficult to judge. I'm not, uh, I'm not as across the W League as I am the A League. I think the difference comes with a team like this being able to, to play regularly mm. uh, and, and young players being able to come through. Um, yeah, don't, I don't think it's I think hurting. we're well set up. You get, you're getting quite a few players from, from Canberra, from Sydney, Brisbane, and they're bringing young players through. So, yeah, it's encouraging for me. Yeah, and there are opportunities for, for women footballers overseas as well. There's the... The mm. US has uh, some strong leagues and um, a good college system. And the Scandinavian mm. leagues are Scandinavian, also strong in And the English league is coming along as well. Is it? Uh, Fulham and Arsenal are uh, oh, two big teams. And the women's as well. Charlton yeah. So there are opportunities, and that, and that can only be good for Australia. In Australia, mm. look, if one thing we do, we produce good mm. athletes, it's just about the opportunity for them to play. Yeah. I said before I was impressed with the media coverage for the Matildas this time. Yeah. I even, a friend of mine who's into basketball was complaining that the under-19 men weren't getting, men's basketball team weren't getting as much coverage as the Matildas. Right, right yeah. Um, and I think the social media side of things helped a bit. There mm. was a bit on uh, Twitter mm. that um, 
there's even some uh, there were there were some Twitter feeds where you could ask Tom Zamani any questions and people were just. Uh, I think you're right, and yeah. I also think the traditional media feeds off the social media. I mean, it gives mm. the uh, journalists out there a little an opportunity to go. Geez, there's a lot of people talking about the Matildas. Yep. Maybe there's a lot more mm. interest than it's uh, worth right up than we might have thought. So, mm. so yeah, I, I think social media is a, a big aspect that mm. women's sport in particular can uh, take advantage of. Mm. Anyway, we might move on, and uh, we'll go on to the never-ending... Oh, never-ending. Never-ending. Speaking of social media... This is, is going longer than our discussion on his groin. And, of course, yeah. I talk about the Kuehl saga. So what's the latest, guys? I hear he's on a flight over to Melbourne right now, and they're about to wrap it up. Right. Ooh. They, they were quietly confident of getting it done yesterday, but there was also, was also still a whisper that uh, Sydney was still in the mix. But I think Sydney just have to say that. I, mm, I think true. Yeah, they have to say it because if it's known that Kiel's looking for a club and the Sydney fans don't see that Kiel's, uh, mm. Sydney are out there trying their best to get him... Trying to bring him home. ...then there'll be, you know, heads, heads on platters. So they, they need to at least be making comments to say that we are trying. Mm. So, so you're pretty certain he's going to come to Australia? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, yeah. okay. From the minute Eddie Maguire... Yeah, so this, give us your Eddie Maguire theory. I quite like that. Uh, I, I think I, I've mentioned it on here before. My Eddie Maguire theory is that Eddie Maguire is not going to give football a free kick. He's, uh, mm. he's very well drilled in the media. He really knows what he's doing. He's well connected in Melbourne sporting circles as well. So mm. I think he found out the story was true and he leaked it because once this happens, once the story breaks... Uh, early and it becomes Australia's worst kept secret journalists need to keep finding new angles and the new angles they found turned to contract details and when Kuehl was demanding a fair bit. Right, so they're able so, to paint Kuehl just because it sells mm. papers, paint him in a bad light. Well, this, it ended up turning quite negative. And if you mm. have a look at there the is some the, traditional media in Melbourne that's pretty hostile to football, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Where, where if they just announced the Kuehl, uh, Kuehl signing, bang no one saw it coming, just one day, there it is it would have been positive headlines across every media outlet in the country, Harry's home. Yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, so, so Andy Maguire's really stuffed it up or mm, tried to try to mess this around if they announce it at the celtic game it's a big story yeah, yeah. well I, I really think that he knew what he was doing when he leaked that wow, story okay. he wasn't going to do it to give football a free kick in the in the media yeah yeah it's been interesting the reaction on twitter that a lot of people came out very negatively after last week you know it looked like kill's manager was backing away from ever playing in australia and then uh harry kill's wife came out and Acknowledged that they were they were aware of the sentiment that was out there about this. I really believe that this is all the games, though. These are all the games mm. that happen. Yeah. I mean, especially if it already was a signed deal. If I was in charge of Melbourne Victory, I'd be saying to Kill's manager, "Go out there and say that it's not true, because we don't want this story being broken by anyone other than us." Mm. Mm. So, but one thing I don't really like is all this chitter-chatter about signings. Well, the way Melbourne Victory always used to do it in, in the first season and the second season is they would just keep quiet and you would, they would just say, no, we don't comment, we don't comment, we don't comment, and then, bang, they announce it. Yeah. Where all mm. the owners, the new owners, the managers, the, the PR people, they all seem to be making comments mm. on what they think what they think is going to happen and where the, where the discussions are up to. And I really think it only creates negative headlines. Yeah, you can, you can over... over uh, provide information. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's also a, a sign of a club that's that's a bit loose like that. And I think you can see an example. I know we don't talk about like talk about uh, non-Australian clubs, but Liverpool's in the same way. Liverpool have been in a bit of a mess in the last few years, and all news was coming out of Liverpool. And now with their signings and their new management. They've really closed ranks and they're going back to what they call the Liverpool way. And it's very much that what you were talking about with the Melbourne victory mm. sort of just. You don't get any information until that yeah. that actually happens. And, now yeah. I'm just thinking as we're talking through, uh, Hernandez and Kuehl, don't they play in similar positions? Mm. 
Oh, I think you'd put Kill possibly out on the left or even up front. Carlos sits behind strikers and doesn't move. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they could both well, be accommodated. What I'm easy. saying is maybe Hernandez knows and he knows mm. Kill's coming and that's uh, that'll be the if end of his uh, Kuehl, significant Rojas, role. Rojas, Archie Thompson and Hernandez up forward. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty good. Danny Alsop. Danny Alsop. Who's yeah. going to backtrack? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to be playing a, a full-court pressing game, that's for no. sure. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a no, lot of guys going, right, well, once, some, <laughs> once you guys at the back get it, let us know. And so if you're an A-League player, would you want Harry Kuehl at your club? Because all of a sudden it's not the team anymore, it's Harry Kuehl and yeah, the other guys. I, my personal view is I don't think uh, this is the right time for Harry to be coming back to the mm. A-League, and I don't think it's good for Melbourne victory. And I think the crazy Frenchman should just take a moment <laughs> to think, oh... Yeah, all this extra publicity and attention and having a really well-cast player, even can, on the downside of his career. We can find yeah, that elsewhere. Bad thing. We but, can find that elsewhere. But let's, uh, let's go a bit further into that. Why don't you think it's a great idea for him to come home? Because I think it's too early for him. 31? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's got a year. And, the, you know, we're talking right down to season, so I think he's got a season or two before he needed to come back to the A-League. And I think he's at the point where, and, and part of it is because he's such a big player, he can make almost any demand that he wants. He will get all of the focus. And he is going to get, and this makes it, this makes it difficult for the rest of the team. Blah, but what, blah, blah, no, but blah. Seriously, you watch. <laughs> I think this would be such a good thing for the A-League. Watch, so watch these hacks go down. You know, anybody who's playing in the A-League, any young kid, is going to want to take this guy down. This is not good for Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl is individual. It's not a good move. And if you have a look at uh, what Harry Kuehl really is in Australia, he's, a, he's the biggest player you're ever going to mm. get. Yeah. Any other country is a 31-year-old with a bad history of injuries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he could have. I, I would have. Brand is worth a lot, lot, lot more mm. here than anywhere oh, else. In the well, there's no doubt of that. Like, mm. But how much of that translates? Like, how big is the Australian football market in terms of the A League? I know. I'd, I'd, a- if he signs Melbourne Victory, like. Having Tando, Crazy Hands, Valapi down back is even more interesting anyway. <laughs> Dean uh, Butzanis yeah, 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 has signed. Bizarre, I think yeah. that's a good move. Um, Tando, yeah, Crazy Hands. I want to be Crazy Hands sure back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's thrown me completely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, Valapi, I think he's a decent keeper. He just needs to settle down. I'm not quite sure mm. there's a good move for Dean Botsanis, but that's the, a whole other thing. a white whale of Australian football for some mm, time. Mm. So I've, he's still, I think, only 20 years of age. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's still very young. He's very young for a keeper. I think this is a really good move for uh, him to come back and try and re-establish his career. I hope he's not uh, following in the footsteps of one uh, Van Stratton, who was yeah. uh, understudy to Buffon at Juventus for years, That's came right. back to uh, where the Gold mm. Coast got injured, now trialling at Wellington Phoenix. So. Uh, how crazy yeah. is that? How his career has just dropped in the last few seasons. Anyway, uh, good luck to him. He's still a quality keeper. We might yeah. move on to a, a third discussion topic just briefly, guys. We don't have a whole lot of time left, and that's uh, the uh, A-League review, which came out by the uh, Asian Football mm. Federation. Is that right, Nick? You know a lot more about stuff. this than I do. Yeah, I, I saw this. I think it came out yesterday. This, they came out with their... Uh, they had a week-long fact-finding mm. mission. Uh, I'm Did sure, they find any facts? I'm sure staying at some very comfortable hotels <laughs> and a comprehensive plan to overhaul the competition, mm. including promotion and relegation, knockout cup, increasing uh, the number of professional players, incre- free-to-air TV, you know, increasing sources of revenue. Now, the mm. amount of time promotion get and relegation gets brought up in Australia is... It gets brought up all the time. And quite frankly, 
I just don't think it's going to work. It's very difficult to make it work, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you're mm. looking at the top division here, the A-League, yeah. which struggles for crowds, mm. struggles yep. for sponsors, yep. struggles for television coverage, and we're going to say that the second we division... We want a division under like, that. <laughs> a, a professional division yeah, with professional yeah, 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 professional yeah. clubs. You yeah. can forget it. There is absolutely yeah. no way these clubs are going to be able to be financially viable. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And the distances, what are you going to do with, uh, say, Perth, for example? We've hey. run out of time. So, uh, listeners, please stick around for Pete Funnel and his uh, extensive re- uh, knowledge and uh, show on the local scene. And uh, until next time, if you go into the near post... Get there first. Get there first. Near post, get there first. The near post, get there first.